Today's big question is, what has God taught you about wisdom? I'm Michelle Berkey, and this is God's Wisdom for Today, a weekday live broadcast series from the book of Proverbs. Just like a proverb, this show is a short, wisdom-packed nugget of truth teaching us how to live our lives well. The book of Proverbs is an invitation from God to step into the wisdom of God. It is a very practical roadmap for developing the skill of living. We're going to dive into episode 77 today and recap Proverbs 1 through 9, chapters 1 through 9. But before we get to that, let's pray. Father, my heart is filled with gratitude for the ability to do this, for the opportunity to dig into your word with people from all over the country and all over the world. I appreciate the fact that we have your word available to us and that it is so accessible in this day and age. And I pray, Spirit, that you would open our hearts to whatever lesson that you would draw out for each one of us from this section of Proverbs. Leave us with a very deep reminder of what you would have us each learn. As we move through this time today, I pray that you would guide my words, guide my thoughts, that whatever we do in this time and place would be honoring to you and would be useful for teaching and correcting and training each of us in righteousness. In Jesus' name, amen. As we close out this season of the broadcast, I can't believe we've hit 77 episodes and we've walked through all of these chapters. I want to take a little bit and talk about where we've been and highlight some of the things that we really need to remember. If you weren't with us in the beginning of this series, Proverbs has two main sections. We've walked through the first nine chapters in this series together now, and this portion of the book is a series of poems. We often hear a father teaching his son how to conduct his life. We often find wisdom personified as a woman and dads over and over teaching his son about the difference between wise and foolish living, advising him to follow that woman wisdom and sharing with him the benefits of doing so. Now, the next portion of the book, the rest of the book of Proverbs, is where the actual Proverbs are found, what we think about when we think of this book of the Bible. But I believe that before we would take the instructional Proverbs seriously, we need to understand why. Why is wisdom important? Why do I need to know, understand, and obey these Proverbs that I'm about to hear? So this first section of the book does just that. It helps ground us in the why, in what these Proverbs can actually mean for our lives. So let's take a moment. We haven't done this at all, but let's think through what the actual structure that we've just been through can teach us about wisdom. These lessons that dad teaches his son, what do they tell us? Well, first we know that wisdom can actually be taught, right? The whole section is about a father teaching his son, which tells us that if a son can learn, if the simple and naive can learn, as they are called, because we saw wisdom's promises to them, then so can we. Over and over, we see wisdom telling us that her invitation is for all of us, everyone. Now, we might not be able to learn brain surgery or rocket science, But we can learn the wisdom of God. When you think about that, how amazing really is that? That you 
can learn the wisdom of God. It also teaches us that we should be concerned about passing on that wisdom from God to others. We should be teaching it in our homes like this father did with his son and in our churches, spiritual parents to spiritual offspring. In these pages, we also saw a battle brewing for our attention, for our affection, for our commitment. We saw it in the two competing voices of the personification of the women wisdom and folly. Folly is seductive tempting, absolutely appealing. And she'll give us short-term reward, whether that's pleasurable or financial or power or influence. But ultimately, that short-term gain wears off. And we are left with, we are uncover what the offer really is. And it is destruction, not just a little destruction, but utter and permanent ruin. Permanent ruin, as in eternal permanent. Even Sharpie can be removed, but this destruction is permanent, permanent. Wisdom, on the other hand, offers long life, health, protection, guidance. And this protection and and skill in right living is also permanent. It is also eternal permanent. Proverbs 3, 13 through 18 describes it this way. Happy is a man who finds wisdom and who acquires understanding, for she is more profitable than silver. Her revenue is better than gold. She is more precious than jewels. Nothing you desire can equal her. Long life is in her right hand, in her left, riches and honor. Her ways are pleasant and all her paths peaceful. She is a tree of life to those who embrace her and those who hold on to her are happy. Those words said, nothing you desire can equal wisdom. Peter Kroll says, in Proverbs, Solomon organizes people into three categories, the wise, the foolish, and the simple. These categories are not dependent on age, on class, race, gender, or socioeconomic status. Rather, they are determined by one's direction in reference to the Lord. So we're going to look at each of those people. He describes Quote, those who are moving toward the Lord are called wise. This person is not a perfect or intelligent person, but rather a person who will gain understanding and change his life based on what he hears in Scripture. That comes from Proverbs 1.5. So, a wise person is someone who intentionally listens, learns, and responds in obedience to the Word of God. The second group he mentioned are the fools. Those who are moving away from the Lord are called foolish. This person is not an ignorant or uneducated person, but rather a person who doesn't want to change anymore. He thinks he's doing just fine on his own, doesn't need any more help, especially not from the Lord. That comes from Proverbs 1.7. So in this person, we see not someone we think of when we think of wickedness or evil, but simply those who are not intentionally moving toward God. That might be an awful lot of our friends and neighbors. And remember the result of folly? Right, utter permanent destruction. Then there's a third category of people described in Proverbs, and Peter Kroll says this about them. Those who are not moving at all with respect to the Lord on account of age, inexperience, or incapacity of some sort are called simple. This person is not an unreligious or immoral person, at least not yet but rather a child or childlike person who is just starting on the path of life and thus is about to decide whether they are going to move toward the Lord or away from Him. 
from Proverbs 1-4. The crossroads are before you. Which fork will you take? It's critical to understand, however, that we cannot remain simple forever. It's okay for a baby to smear spaghetti in her hair, but by the time she turns 30, more will generally be expected of her. Or to say it more elegantly, one does not stay still. A man who is empty-headed will end up wrong-headed. So I thought that was interesting and worth sharing because the categories are defined by our movement with respect to God. There's no standing still category. The simple are more similar to a pause. If they don't choose to move towards wisdom, toward God, they will eventually move away by not making a choice. We're responsible for how we respond to God's offer of wisdom. Proverbs is teaching us how to move toward God in the midst of our everyday activities. Remember that Proverbs deals with the mundane and the messy details of life. Their intention is not only to teach us doctrines or ethical ideals, but also to connect those doctrines and ethical ideals with the everyday situations that we all face, with your everyday circumstances. In Proverbs, wisdom is the skill of living your situation successfully toward God, a continual striving to know and do what the Bible says. We need to remember that folly is seductive and calling to us and would like nothing better than to tempt us to step off the path of the righteous. But we are to choose wisdom and choose it over and over again. We are to cherish her in our hearts, speak wisdom from our lips, and keep our feet on her path. Fred Zaspel says Proverbs tells us, the idea here is, yes, I want to give you practical moral instruction, but I am not interested to spoon feed you only. I want you to learn to think, to understand wisdom so that you will learn how yourself to make good decisions. I want you to consider what a wise and successful life looks like and how to get there. I want you to understand the scriptures and how to apply them to given situations so that when you are out on your own, your mind and your heart are well-trained and tuned to wisdom. Let's ask ourselves some questions. Proverbs tells us that nothing we desire can compare to wisdom. What do you desire most? What does your life show that you desire the most? What category would you fall in today? The wise, the simple, or the foolish? And how intentional are you about learning and responding to wisdom? How tuned is your life to wisdom? Today's big question is, what has God taught you about wisdom? As for me, I want to talk a few moments kind of about what this series has meant for me. I came into it, I think like most people, a passing familiarity with Proverbs that are treated pretty much as inspirational quotes. I haven't intentionally studied most of Proverbs except for the end of the book. However, now I have. And the advantage of teaching is that in order to do that, you need to dig in deeper than you do if you're just reading. And I think my biggest takeaway is that we have a playbook for life, a training manual. I have always believed that the Bible is meant to guide us and teach us, but I saw in a new way that there is a wealth of everyday, super practical, actionable, gritty advice. I have a long history of Bible study and application is often my strong suit. So it's not that I didn't think scripture applied to life, but we tend to think that scripture's lessons are theoretical about big kind of vague ideas. And it's really easy to hear instruction and think you need to try harder to do that. 
We do need to put in effort and intention. We absolutely do. But much of what we need to do is to draw closer to Jesus because our desire for obedience springs from that relationship rather than from drummed up effort. But I'm getting sidetracked. This first nine chapters of Proverbs has underlined for me that what follows these chapters, that the wisdom literature is not the Bible's version of quotable quotes. It's practical knowledge that if absorbed, digested, and treasured will mean life for us. It will guide everyday decisions. It will keep my path straight. It will free up my life from the trenches, the things that entangle me to be able to do the things that God has called me to do. And I think the line that stuck with me most, I read it to you today, is nothing we desire can compare to wisdom. Because if there's one thing humans could be known for, it's having an overflowing plate of strong desires that rule our lives. But all of those things that we desire can't hold a candle to wisdom. When you personalize that, when you apply it, when you hold wisdom up to the things that you personally desire most, whether that's a happy, healthy family or meaningful work or the ability to make an impact in the world or a good relationship or a good job or income, nothing, none of those things that you desire, none of your wants is more valuable than wisdom. Sit with that for a few minutes today and see if it doesn't beg you to reorder some of your priorities. How about you? What will you do with what you've learned today? Thank you so much for joining me on this teaching today. If you are watching this broadcast on the Grace and the Gravel Road Facebook page and I'm benefiting from the wisdom of Proverbs, normally I would ask you to invite a friend to join you for the next broadcast, but this is a season closer. We are closing out the first season of this broadcast. The next season will come back when we start beginning to talk about the topics that the actual Proverbs cover. I don't have a date for that and I don't have the format. It may look a little differently than what it's what this broadcast is, but keep an eye out for announcements about those. However, we are going to continue our prayer broadcasts and do a live three days a week. We'll do two prayer broadcasts and a Friday topical live. If you're a podcast listener, I so appreciate you being with me and I do appreciate you subscribing and sharing because this wisdom is all there available in the backlog of these 77 episodes on the podcast. For you, in case you didn't know this as well, Facebook now has an option for playlists. And so all of these broadcasts are in a playlist in the video section of my Facebook page, and you can go back and listen to any of them at any time. So let's close with prayer. Lord, we do want your wisdom, but we don't want it for our own success or for the benefits. We want it mostly so that we can know you and love you, so that we can order our lives in a way that honors you so that we can be free to do the things that you have called us to do. I ask that you would give us that kind of wisdom, the kind that changes us into looking more and more like Jesus each day. Amen. Amen.